The Breakdown with Bethany is a mom.com podcast. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown with Bethany. I'm Bethany Braun-Silva, and today my guest is my colleague and friend, Amaya Woodley. Amaya is the editorial director of mom.com, so we're going to be talking all things motherhood. Everything from doulas to breastfeeding and all those things in between, so definitely check it out. I'm so excited to talk to you. Okay, we're going to jump right in, because... um. You are, you and I are colleagues and I adore you. I really do. I think you're so fantastic. And I'm also really just excited to get to know you more, like just for you being here and us diving into your motherhood journey or career journey. So Amaya, tell us, give us some background, like, you know, how you got started in editorial and all of that. Yeah. So crazy thing is, so if you don't know already, I'm the editorial director of mom.com, right? And so I always had a knack for like writing just as like a little kid. I feel like when you watch like all those celebrity interviews, their parents were like, I always knew they were going to be a writer. Like, no, I really did just always enjoy writing. And so for me, that kind of translated into journalism. But for some reason, I kind of got stuck into the world of like, journalism was only being on TV and doing like the reporter anchor type of situation. And it wasn't until I went to grad school at American University and I noticed like, okay, I think I really want to do writing instead more being on TV. Like I really don't prefer to be in front of the camera. That's not my thing. I just want to be behind the screen. And so, um, I took it and I ran with it. And, you know, I had some experience at CBS News. I also worked at like a local television station here. Um, And then also kind of like, you know, transitioned into the more online digital publications. And honestly, mom.com was just like, this blessing and it just came right on time for me honestly I think when you become a mom your interests and your passions they just naturally start to shift and you're trying to like prioritize different activities and family stuff and work and all these different things and so I was wanting something that just got it like I wanted to be with the community that just got the hustle and bustle of being a mom um and so this is where mom.com came in and so now we're here and this is what we're doing I love it and you're really like killing it like you came in with such amazing and fresh ideas so I mean that's really I admire you so much because I'm like I'm it's no secret I'm a little bit older than (laughs) so um but so I I just was like so invigorated by all of the things and the ideas that you had and it's always just so nice to you know because exactly what you said that was me 10 years ago I was a new mom and I was like what what career can kind of support me on this journey? And I found parenting media, parenting journalism. So yeah, I'm yeah. really excited to hear that. But now that you're at the helm of mom.com, tell us what is your vision? What, how are you planning to kind of, uh, you know, breathe fresh life, your, in, incorporate your voice, you know, things that you want to see as a new mom um, into the content that mom.com is creating? Yeah, so of course, I mean, the target audience for mom.com is millennial mothers, millennial women. Um, and so I think for me and just kind of understanding what I needed when I first found out I was pregnant and what so many other moms needed, that community, that village, right? Someone who can validate your feelings, someone who actually understands the ins and outs of pregnancy and labor and delivery and then raising these beautiful, amazing, crazy, wild kids. 
Um, and so what I'm looking to do at mom.com is really just foster that community in that village. And we've already started to really dig in on that. So for the month of February, we've centered a lot of our content around Black maternal health, which is also another passion of mine. Um, but, you know, to kind of really dive into that conversation, we started to do weekly Instagram lives. And we really have, you know, just talking to different professionals about various different topics from a doula to a lactation consultant to clinical licensed therapists. And I, I feel like through these conversations, women are being able to feel like they're not alone on their journey. Like, okay, I'm not the only one who is really struggling emotionally after giving birth or you know, wow, maybe I really do need support on this journey. Maybe I really should look into hiring a doula or whatever the case may be. So that is definitely a huge, huge goal of mine is to foster that sense of community. And then also, again, just to make sure that we have representation. Like I said, tackling Black maternal health, that was one of the big projects that I tackled on right when I landed at mom.com. I put a lot of time and energy into bringing this to the forefront. And, you know, we're planning to to do all this content around the month of February, but I want this to truly be something that is ongoing and not just centered to one month or, you know, a performative type of act. Like this is something that I really want to continue to have conversations around. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important. And something that I used to say, again, I've been doing this for like 12 or so years now and interviewing lots of moms and just being out there in this world. I used to say something along the lines of motherhood is the ultimate equalizer, but I'm finding that that's not necessarily true. Clearly there's a big disparity between how black mothers are treated during birth and, uh, you know, post a uh, postpartum pre like all of it. So tell us about why this is so important to you. And also when pre preparing for this interview, you said you had a conversation with your husband about it. So tell us about what that was like too in, in your own pregnancy journey. Yeah, I think for me, like if you ask my friends, I will always joke and say like, I don't understand how that's supposed to happen. Like I don't understand how I'm supposed to push a kid out of my body. Like that just seems something unnatural, but it's very natural and people do it all the time. And it's something, you know, that has been going on for centuries. But for me, I just couldn't see I just didn't understand how that was supposed to happen. And honestly speaking, it was like a fear of mine. I was honestly fearful of giving birth. Um, and I knew all the statistics. I was around other women who were moms and it was scary. I felt like, yes, I am pregnant with this beautiful baby, but I'm also scared of the realities that so many Black women face too. And so, you know, I just had a conversation with my husband and I was just like, I need you to support me. I need you to advocate for me. If we are ever in a situation and it becomes a medical emergency, I need you to be able to advocate and say, this is what my wife needs. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand something, I need you to be able to ask for clarification and to make sure that you understand exactly what is going on. Um, and even still, like when I was induced, he was like on his phone tracking, time stamping everything. I mean, just because you just never know, you know? And so he wanted to be able to have a sound mind because when you're in the midst of it, it's in the middle of the night and crazy things are happening at five o'clock in the morning and it's live action, but your body is tired and your mind is tired. So, you know, also just trying for him to kind of keep a real track, an accurate track of what was going on and how my labor was progressing. But also if he ever needed it as a reference to be able to say no at X amount of time this happened and she was given this medication. We don't need to be doing this, you know? Um, and so for me, it was, 
it was a beautiful experience, but I also feel like I was in a way almost preparing for my own death. You know, like we prepared wills and we prepared power of attorneys. And I just wanted to go into the hospital feeling prepared that whatever the outcome was, we were going to be prepared and we were going to, you know, just be on it. And so that's kind of how it was for me. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely another layer that I don't think a lot of women not only like don't have to do, but don't even think about as like something that they have to do. So would you recommend that, you know, all women, especially black women, you know, go in? I mean, it's sort of unfortunate to even say that, but would you recommend that they take those kind of preventative steps like you and your husband did? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, not even just for black moms or, you know, or for black women, but I think it's something that all people, not even just women can really attest to, you know, having a medical power of attorney. Those are things that you would, you would want to have in place before the moment, you know, came or just having a will when you are preparing to bring new life into this world and to have children, you want to be able to have your will where things are properly allocated and you know where things are going to be and you know who is going to be responsible for your kids because life itself is just so unpredictable um and you know like I said the stats are even more unpredictable for black women and so for black moms yes but I just think for anyone in general that you should definitely take this seriously you should prepare and um, have those conversations with your family so they know how you feel and how to best support you yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Really, really important information. And now your little one, your little boy, is he two now? So Yes, he is two. His birthday was just like two weeks ago. Yes. And I've had so many people say to me, like, it goes by fast. I'm just like, okay. No, <laughs> it really goes by fast. And I'm like, where is this little baby? Like, he looks nothing like the little baby that we brought home. But Honestly speaking, as a mom, I get so much joy in just seeing how he grows and how he develops. Like now he's saying three and four word sentences. And it's just like, how did you learn it? How how did this little baby start saying sentences and start asking for milk and going to the fridge and opening it up and pointing and saying milk? Like, where did this come from? But I think that is just a blessing of motherhood is just seeing your little ones just develop and grow and take in so much of the world. I just love it. I, I love it too. I love it. I mean, my kids are so much older now. They're seven and 10, but just to be able to like see colleagues like you, like experience this when he comes on the screen and meetings, he's so cute. <laughs> so cute. I love it. I love it. I'm clearly I'm in the right industry because I can't get enough of kids. Like I love, I just love seeing the kids. Me but- too. I honestly, I love talking about motherhood. I love babies. I love children. So I could honestly talk about this stuff like for days on end. Like when my friends like text me like in private, like, oh, I'm, we're expecting I'm like oh my goodness like and I wanted to go down rabbit holes and talk about this and oh here are some recommendations like I just love it absolutely love it me too they say always send me their registries they're like can you just go over this before we make it public yeah. <laughs> no problem no problem. I love it I love it Okay, but I do want to talk about your breastfeeding journey because you and when I was going over this nose again, like I've been doing this for 11 years. I feel like there's nothing you can throw at me that I don't know, but I didn't know what this was. I had to look it up. Is it D-mer? Like, how do you say this? And so I pronounce it as like D-mer. I don't know exactly okay. like the correct way to pronounce it, but I think it's like this dysphoric yeah. milk 
something reflux. Like, and so basically, I don't know the exact medical terminology for it, but in layman's terms, it's basically when you start to nurse and you have your first letdown. And it's really hard to explain, but it's like you have this wave come over you and you just feel disgusted about your body, about nursing. Um, it's just like about the world, honestly. It's just like, I hate this. I hate what's going on. And I think with the intense emotions that you're experiencing from your hormones postpartum in that fourth trimester, um, it really made my breastfeeding journey difficult. And I remember, you know, so I was pregnant, I gave birth during the pandemic. And I also had so many friends who were also pregnant and gave birth during the pandemic. And I remember seeing so many of them just like love their breastfeeding journey and was sharing how amazing it was. And I was like, I don't have that same feeling. Like I don't get this euphoric feeling of happiness and bliss. And I don't love breastfeeding. And I wasn't seeing people talk about that. And I wasn't seeing people talk about this huge emotional wave of just disgust come over them. And so I was like, this has to be something because I, I knew it wasn't like necessarily postpartum depression because it literally only happened during my letdown. And so I started to research like feeling sad when breastfeeding and all these articles came up and I was like, I had never seen this. And I had took a breastfeeding class before giving birth. And this is not something that I had ever heard of. So I was literally having to educate myself on what it was. And when I saw it, I was like, this is it. This is it. And so, you know, it was really hard for me to make the decision to stop breastfeeding. But I think for me mentally, I had to. I had to because the emotions that would just come over me, it was just, it was like no other. And I felt disgusted in my own body. And it was just not an enjoyable experience. And I would try to push forward. And the more that I pushed forward, it would just make me feel even more like overwhelmed and sad about not having a pleasant breastfeeding experience. Yeah. I mean, that's so telling. I think of mothers in general, just like pushing through, like ignoring signs, right? Like of our, like what our body is telling us. And so just so I know, because you, so you did research online, but did you ever consult with your doctor about this? And what I never spoke to my doctor about it. Um, I went to go see a lactation consultant, like multiple times. I feel like I was at my lactation consultant's office probably like once a week because I was just, you know, having such a hard time. And so she wasn't able to like medically, diagnosed me with what I was experiencing but when I told her I'm like I think this is what's going on she was like oh no you're you're definitely on the right path that's you know and she was telling me that she has started to see some other women come in with very similar experiences as well but you know she just wasn't in a place to medically diagnose me but um yeah I mean she was able to validate definitely what I was going through and you know has said that she had noticed other women coming in and having similar experiences but I do know just in my research that it's not commonly researched. Like there's not a lot of knowledge on exactly what this is and why it impacts women and, you know, what type of women it impacts the hormone imbalance or whatever the case may be. There's just not a lot of medical research behind it. Um, so it was really just down to my own research and kind of just talking to my lactation consultant. Yeah, I'm really glad we're talking about this because I think like whether you're feeling it in an intense way or a small way, I mean, it's again, it's something that I've never heard of and I've been doing this for a little while. So I'm really glad we brought that up because I think it's going to help a lot of women who might be experiencing the same thing. Yeah. But also, one of your recent Instagram lives for mom.com was with a doula. Yeah. So- 
And so this is, again, something that is, I think, just now becoming a little bit more mainstream. We're definitely seeing conversations like the one you had about the importance and, you know, how a doula can help advocate for you. Really, they're there to support the mother. So talk to us about hiring a doula, what that process is like, and, you know, how they can really help support mothers during the whole pregnancy experience. Yeah. So, I mean, doulas have obviously been around for years as well, but I think there's a misconception that doulas are only there to um, support women who are having like home births or unmedicated births or birthing at um, birthing centers. But, you know, like I said, that's a misconception. It's not true. So the doula is there to support not only the mom, but to support the family as well, the partner or siblings, younger siblings and things like that. And they're really just there to focus on you, you know, making sure that you're eating and drinking, making sure that you have time to to rest or holding the baby so you can go take a shower. Um, they're doing light household work for you or making sure that food is being coordinated. You know, are you guys ordering food? Is family coming over to cook food? helping you to coordinate visits, people coming over to the house and things like that. Um, and then also they have different types of, you know, doulas. So there are doulas that even come overnight to make sure that mom and dad are being able to get some rest at night and they're caring for the baby and, um, you know, bottle feeding the baby at night and things like that. But then also during the pregnancy, you know, just giving you different type of um, tips and tricks on how to really prepare your body for for labor. You know, one of the favorite things that my doula taught me was just like the counter pressure when you start to feel contractions. So helping you with things like that, um, or also just educating you. There's so much unknown around motherhood, especially I think for first time moms, but even for you know moms for their second and third pregnancies because no pregnancy is ever the same. So. Just having somebody there that can educate you and that can support you and, you know, really advocate for you. And like I said, during the Instagram live, I mean, my doula was absolutely amazing, but my favorite thing that she did for me the entire time was go and get me a cold cut sub after I gave birth. Like <laughs> that for me, like having somebody who can go and get that for you and you not even have to worry about it. I remember before I went in to labor I like text her like this is my exact order I need it to be like perfect down to the t and she delivered and I was like you know what it's definitely worth it so my to come and your cold that. cut it's so <laughs> worth it I love that because I had like my my uh first my first meal I think I ate like a bunch of donuts like I don't know which I could have eaten then but for yeah. some like I was solely craving donuts and I remember being like who's gonna bring me these damn donuts yeah. <laughs> I mean that first meal after you because you know you haven't ate in hours and so it's just like whatever mom wants yeah. mom gets absolutely I love the idea of having someone that's there just for you so please women like research think about doing yeah. and you know Amaya is a resource mom.com is a resource yeah. so okay so let's also talk about um postpartum depression and anxiety something that I'm really working in on in my career that I have been doing for a little while is destigmatizing that and yeah. again I think we're like getting there we're not quite there yet so tell me your thoughts around all of that yeah I think we definitely have made progress I think there was a time period where um moms just kept so much to themselves about the changes that their body went through, the feelings that they had, and just, you know, really the overall experience of motherhood. It was so secretive. And I don't know why that was. I mean, I guess it just came from a societal norm of just keeping your business in-house and not, you know, just blasting your information to your peers and things like that. But 
I definitely think that social media can is contributed to the share of information that has been around just the fourth trimester and postpartum depression and other different, um, you know, mental illnesses and things like that, that you may experience. But I will say for me, like, I don't think I had a bout of postpartum depression, but the anxiety, even now that my son is two years old, that I still experience. And it's crazy because um, I was having a conversation about it. And my aunt who has, uh, who she has two kids so one is like 20 something well they're both in their 20s and she told me she was like it never goes away I like was when your kid that. is like traveling to college on the road by themselves or they're out traveling wherever like you never stop worrying um and that was just not something I was prepared for like you literally obsess over another human's life and just making sure that they're eating that they're happy and that they're safe and all these different things but I definitely will contribute social media for just the share of information. And it really is empowering to share your testimony because like I said, motherhood can feel so lonely at times. Even if you're married, it's still, sometimes your 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 partner just doesn't quite understand where you're coming from, you know? And that's not to guilt them for anything, but I think just as another mom, you can really understand what somebody else may go, go through or to validate or just be a listening ear. So um, having different women, celebrities kind of share their testimonies, I think has really helped to open up and expand this conversation even more. I think you said it beautifully. I mean, I, I can't agree with you any more than with what you just said, because it really is. I mean, we have to kind of like start shedding light on all of these things. I mean, because I felt really isolated too. And I was kind of just like, this is crazy. I have friends, yeah. I have family, but I was like, it's like, I just retreated into this shell. So thank you so much. I think a lot of women are going to be helped by this conversation. Yeah. I do want to do this, um, this, these Spitfire questions and full disclosure, these, this is Amaya's idea. And I'm so, <laughs> because I've never done anything like this. I'm reading through these. I can't wait to, all right. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm excited. I don't even like, even though this was my idea, I have no idea what I'm about to say here. So I'm super excited to see what comes from Let's this. Do it. Oh my God. Okay. Amaya, first thing that comes to your mind, like your, your first thing that, you know, pops into your head, what do you prefer to carry a diaper bag or a fanny pack? Definitely a fanny pack. I don't like bulky things. Love that. I know there are diaper bag fanny packs now that was not it existed. That did not exist when I had my, all I need is like a diaper and maybe extra pair of pants. That's it. There you go. All right. All right. Solo trip or a staycation. I would love to do a solo trip. But I don't think I have the guts to do it, but I would love to do a solo trip. I would just make sure that anxiety is in check, right? Because if you're going to... Right, exactly, exactly. All right, are you a night owl or you wake up or So stay up late or wake up early? Definitely a night owl. I could stay up till one, two o'clock in the morning to get everything done, but please do not wake me up early. Oh my gosh, we're opposites there. All right, if you could buy any food right now, what would it be? I'm, is it a sub? Is it a... <laughs> it's definitely not a sub, even though I do love a good sandwich. Um, It probably would be... It probably would be ramen. I love, I love ramen. Okay. What is something on your bucket list? That's a good one. Um, I don't know. I think I would love to, well, I will say this. One of my items on my bucket list was to see Serena before she retired. So I'm really bummed that that wasn't able to happen. I but really now she'll have that. more time for interviews. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. But you know what? I still would love to go to a tennis match, like to a Wimbledon. I've never gone to an official tennis match. So I think like being able to see Naomi, I would love to do that. 
Okay, there you go. Make it happen. Put it out there in the universe. All right, favorite summer activity? Just being at the beach. Yes, me too. And you have good beaches down by you, right? It's yeah. Okay, good. All right. One, oh, what flavor ice cream would you be? Definitely something with caramel, like all throughout with brownie chunks and all that stuff. Nice. Okay. What is one thing that annoys you? I know this sounds crazy, but I really hate when people drag their feet when they walk. Oh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. I really like that, actually. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Funny, um, unpredictable, and nosy. I'm very nosy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What would you do on Mars by yourself? Honestly, I probably would just binge watch Netflix. I love the great British baking show. That's like my weakness. I would just probably crawl into bed and watch that. Okay. And now where would you go if you were invisible? I probably would just like sit in my husband's office all day and just see how he works. <laughs> all right. I like that. All right. The most interesting thing in your purse right now. Mm. Honestly, it's probably nothing interesting, but it's probably just like a bunch of crumbs. I need to clean my purse out. Okay. I, I have, there's this thing on Amazon. Cause you know, I'm a shopping editor. It's like a, a sticky ball and like a, pl I'm going to send it to you. And, and it just, you just drop it in your purse and it gets all those crumbs. I need that. I need that. that to you after this. Okay. What's an album you're taking with you to an Island? Renaissance. Are you going to go on the tour? Renaissance. I'm claiming it. <laughs> I'm claiming it. <laughs> all right. Tell me about your most horrible haircut and how old you were. You guys, and this wasn't even that long ago. In college, I decided to get like a quirky haircut and it was like short on one side and long on the other side. The stupidest decision I've ever done. No, just the quirky haircut is always a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your lowest grade you ever got in school. I definitely had a, I may have had an F in college because I was on academic probation like my freshman year of college. So it's probably, I probably had like an F definitely. Okay. If not an F, a couple of Ds. <laughs> Okay. There's, I'm saving my favorite one for last. This is a second to last question. All right. A food you would never give up. Mm, sushi. Okay. All right. This is my favorite question on this list. That is the last one. Cake pop or hip hop? <laughs> Definitely hip hop. You guys, I do not have a sweet tooth. I can go without sweets. No problem. I'm definitely choosing hip hop. All right. So besides Beyonce, well, she's not really, you know, she's in, into the dance world now, but who's your favorite artist and hip, like hip hop artist? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Probably 21 Savage. Oh, okay. All I right. know that's really left field, but I love 21 Savage. They're I remember new too. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're like newer. All right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Amaya, this was so fun. I'm, I'm really so happy. Yeah. I love this. This was a great conversation. I agree. I can't wait for people to hear this. And thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to just watching all the amazing things that you create and lead on mom.com. Obviously, you know, I support you and I just love being your colleagues. So. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Bethany.